We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes episode, episode 134 of the Moose and Runes podcast, a sad podcast, an in memoriam, and also an abridged version. We are currently in flux. Logistics are up in the air. I'm not. I'm doing great, actually. I know. I mean, you're probably under a blanket right now, but uh, the moving across the country process has kicked into full swing here. We are now Moose and Runes East, as I am in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, some of my goods are, my car is, cable Wi-Fi, all of the things that come along mm-hmm. with moving your life. If you can tell, I'm a little high strung, Matt, and you're probably only going to want me for about a half hour anyway. That's what, I, I'm fine with that. I actually, it, it, these types of conversations between us usually do have their limit because like you say, one of us usually gets fed up with, each, with, with one another. It's usually you getting angry with me, but that's mm-hmm. okay. I can deal with mm-hmm, this for mm-hmm. about a half hour. I've, I've grown up <laughs> dealing with it. I've been dealing with it all for right. you know, years now. You know, you know what to expect at this point. So, uh, with that, let's dive right in, Matt. Um, we got to lead off with our Bears, mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Moments of hope amongst a myriad of BS is pretty much what this season yeah. will go down as. It'll go down as a season of waste. The Bears, again, unable to string together back-to-back playoff runs, haven't done such since I believe '06. If I'm uh, not mistaken, I believe yeah, something like that. It's been a while. I think that was the back end of that season. So it's been a while since they went to uh, playoffs back-to-back. Can't build any momentum as a franchise if we're looking at it from a macro standpoint. But if we want to zoom in and see what went wrong this year, we could do two, three four hours on that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about last Sunday. Sure. And not necessarily what went wrong, what went right, but just main takeaways from the game that sealed it. And it was an unfortunate end to the season, but when I think of that game right now, a few days removed, the indelible image to me is Akeem Hicks playing through that elbow. And yeah. More power to him, all the respect to him. I know we kind of railed on him a little bit for the Waddle and Sylvie comments and being a little bit touchy there, but what he showed at Lambeau Field on Sunday impressed me, and that's the type of guy that I want leading my team, no doubt. Yeah, I, he firmly established himself as a guy who is, loves football, is also really good at football. He was probably yeah. the Bears' best defensive player the you know the entirety of that game, even though he made probably three in trips to the injury tent, uh, mm-hmm. he was fantastic. He was his same dominant self. He didn't look like he missed a step. And honestly, to me, I, now I know he made those couple trips to the injury tent. Didn't look like he missed anything on the conditioning side either. He didn't look like he was slow. He didn't look like he was huffing and puffing late in the game. He was still the same guy he was early, and that was the the brightest of the takeaways you can possibly take away from that that loss at Lambeau. On the negative side, all the things that we could. Um, rail on here. My head thinks Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field, December, you take a loss. I don't care if you're 3-13 and 13 or if you're 13-3, and three, that's one you want. It, the thing is with this Packers team too, like, it's it's not, they're a good, they're 11-3, and three, they're a good team, but this is not your, you know, typical dominant Packers teams we've seen in the past. It was a very mm-hmm. beatable team and a very, it was a very gettable game. There were Two lapses in judgment, essentially, for the most part, you know, that, that kind of really killed the Bears defensively, that fourth and four, uh, where Buster Shreen got beat over the top. Clinton Dix probably wasn't shading over that side like he should have been. Um, and then, you know, just kind of coming out of the second half, they were, you know, a step or step slow on a possession or two. But other than that, it was a very beatable Packers team. And I, I, you're going to get bored of me saying this again, but 
to me, watching that team on offense and going back and actually seeing some of the the uh, end zone views of some of these these film breakdowns that people had, the offensive line was atrocious. Mitch yep. didn't have much time to throw early on. They couldn't establish a run because, quite honestly, from the plays I was watching, they were messing up just simple zone schemes, like simple inside-outside zone that, you know, you and I ran at Illinois Wesleyan or even before that at Fenwick. Like, it's simple stuff that they just can't really handle. And it's, it's not this scheme thing that's getting, you know, it's way over their heads or that they're just not they're just not capable of running the simple stuff and that's what this is coming back down to I saw you know Baldy Brian Baldinger does yeah. breakdowns every week on Twitter and I saw one that was very interesting they run into a lot of bad looks they run into a lot so, of heavy sides like I don't know if that's not Mitch checking out of stuff or if that's not Mitch you know having the green light to switch the play or switch I'm the not, side of the play he was doing a ton at the line pre-snap but that looked like in pass looks in run looks it just looked like they're calling play running into the wide side now i'm not usually someone who gets into those types to twitter debates because i'm not a twitter personality and those people don't usually like acknowledge me as they shouldn't because i'm a nobody on twitter and that's fine but i think i, I saw one of these by, if I, I saw one of these uh from, from sage rosenfels who, who did an inside zone who did a breakdown of their run scheme basically said they're running into bad looks but i if you look at the bad looks i I'm assuming this is assuming it's a it's a zone scheme because if you look at their steps and the way they're running it, that's what it looks like. I could be way off. It's not. It's not that they were not running, that they're running into bad looks. It's if you run zone right, you're leaving that end on the left side, you know, unblocked. You're saying he's not going to make the play. So essentially, the Bears had all those looks that he gave you. The Bears had hat on a hat. They were just leaving the back end. The, the the guy that was being left on the back end is by design because they don't think you're going to make that play. They just weren't executing their blocks on the play side. It's just it's a matter of getting off your blocks using the right footwork and you know yeah. doubling to a backer, which they did terribly. They yeah. did terrible jobs of it. Rashawn Coward shows that he was a defensive lineman. Um, I, I kind of sleep well at Not night. Not to bore you guys. I sleep well at night knowing that those very Green Bay Packers are going to run into a buzzsaw somewhere in the NFC playoffs. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, uh, give them the record, give them their due, give them the division title. But like you said, not not a scary Packers team the, like years past. The book on them is right, and it's whatever. And I didn't watch them a ton. I just kind of watched what Red Zone had kind of shown me coming into this week and you know, the other couple mm-hmm. games on national TV. But they are a very well scripted team and the the second you have to get off that script they're just not the same football team um they they came out to start the game uh they, they looked pretty good on their opening drive and it was that they score on their opening drive was the second drive they scored whatever it was early on and then coming out of the locker room yeah. in the second half they they had a couple good drives to start and then kind of went back to doing nothing um defensively i don't think they're all that great i think again it was more of the, the bears deficiencies and they were even able to move the ball they just kind of couldn't finish when they had to and they couldn't establish a run i'm with you i think there are the saints and the 49ers and then there's seattle and then there's everybody else yeah um, no, I, I definitely agree with that um, with that breakdown. And, you know, sometimes a team jumps up and they surprise you and they get hot. But Green Bay's, I don't know how much momentum they're going to have going into the playoffs. they got to go to Minnesota this week where Minnesota, I believe, is the only undefeated team on their home turf and um, going to be a tough one there. Divisional matchup, still plenty to play for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll break down those matchups in a little bit. But, uh yeah, just, I, I just think that it's going to be a short-lived uh, postseason for Green Bay. And I that's, think just, that's just me looking for solace because the Bears wasted one of the best rosters we've seen in a decade. I think so, too. And fortunately, or unfortunately, no matter how you want to look at it, mm-hmm. 
you're going to see a lot of the same roster back next year. Hopefully, Ryan Pace is able to, you know, he learns his lesson from last year and tweaks a little bit more with it this offseason than he probably did last year, kind of resting on that roster. Um, but I still think you're going to see a Bears team that's going to be able to compete. But as far as the Packers' playoff copes go, I'm with you. I don't think they're a team that makes a huge run, but they do still have number 12, unfortunately. And as yeah. long as he's quarterbacking your team, you're going to have a chance. Yeah. No doubt. Can, can we give it one more before we move on from this? Just one real quick shout out to Allen Robinson and how good he is. Oh my goodness! While, while while this team, there's a lot of negative things to be down on. There were yeah. some positives to take away from it, and two of them are Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Uh, we were mm-hmm. a little bit hard on Anthony Miller earlier this year, and rightfully so. Um, but he's picked it up. Uh, he, he had another uh, 108, 118 yard game, so he's setting second consecutive over 100 or two out of the last three, uh, and then Robinson is just mm-hmm. a beast. And on, quite honestly, should have scored on that last play of the game. Uh, I mean, we've we've avoided it, but and I, it's... It, it's there's a, nothing to talk about. Fluke, I mean, it was a, a fluke, fluke play. play. They should have scored, but, but they didn't. And I, 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 You can only expect a fullback to have so much field awareness yeah, in, I, in a situation like that. I gave him I listened to, to his locker room sign. I gave him credit. He fully owned up. He was like, guys, like... I saw Lane. I knew I wasn't getting there. I got a little bit too greedy. I tried to get an inch closer before getting the ball off to Allen because I thought it gave him a better chance, and they got me. It's yeah. good for him for owning it. Yeah, tough uh, tough because that would have gone down as one of the moments uh, that would have kept Hope alive. And well, really, I mean, the really killing moment, though, was the – Phantom penalty on Cordell Patterson because that's Tough. the that that's that you get the ball at the fifty tied zero zero momentum's absolutely in your favor Tough. instead you know a, they, bang, they a bang, up, bang bang a bang bang play there and you know I know they're trying to legislate a bunch of stuff out during special teams uh, because it is you know the most dangerous phase of the game apparently by the by the numbers and. Mm-hmm. I get that, but we're still playing football here. It was a perfectly timed they, hit. They threw a flag a moment, because it, it made a, a loud momentum, sound. It was a momentum swinging moment in a rivalry matchup. You can't. You gotta. You gotta recognize that. You gotta recognize those things as a referee. And if you get it wrong, if you throw the flag because you are now trained to protect, get together, have your conversation, wave the damn thing off. You're gonna get your booze because you're. In the whole, or in the road stadium, or if you're a Bears fan, oh, yeah. you're, you're yeah, you're in the home yeah. stadium. You're in you're in Lambeau, um, but it just you know I feel like we're we're getting to a point where yes, err on the side of caution, but don't be afraid to admit a mistake. Don't be it, afraid to get something right because they got that wrong. They got that they got that terribly wrong. That's that's about as good as you could cover a punt in Cordell Patterson's case. And good on Cordell Patterson, another guy who in the past this season we've kind of questioned, you know, why is Nagy lining him up at tailback? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? He's done so much this season, and he's done everything that he's been asked of and done it pretty effectively. Yeah. Um, he's, and, uh, that's, a, that's a guy that, you know, a Swiss Army knife like that is always used – usable on a, on a roster. He was one of those tweaks Ryan Pace made, and that was a fantastic addition. Five million for what he's given you this year really isn't that much to ask. And congrats to him. He got named to the Pro Bowl for, for his, uh, his special teams play. Um, yeah. And it, I think we, we probably called that out during a few Bears games this year. While, while they didn't look all that good, you noticed Cordero Patterson getting down there as a gunner just about every single game this year at some mm-hmm. point. being the, he's, he's almost always the first guy down there either forcing the fair catch or, or laying the big hit. Yeah. So good for him. And I'm, I'm happy he's on our side again next year. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, way too early to be even talking about next year, but I'm already. Um, we're on to next year. We're on to 2020. We have to be because this season was an absolute waste. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens from the quarterback standpoint and what'd elsewhere. What did you think of Mitch on Sunday? Real quick. Good, not great. 
I, I, um, I can get his, that. His, his pocket presence still worries me. There are, are instances, and yes, I understand you're going to have happy feet when you don't have much time in the first place. But when you do have a clean pocket, I need to see him drive off his back foot. Yeah, he's, got this, he's got this thing going where he's got this flippy back foot where it mm-hmm. bails out before he throws the football and he loses a lot of power on his throw. And, and you know, he made a couple nice touch passes. He made a couple nice pre-snap reads. He made a couple nice adjustments at the line. You're seeing development, but I need to see it faster. It's year four. Yeah. You know, we're on the next year. It's you're, 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 if you're going to be a franchise quarterback in Chicago, not the times now. And we said that at the beginning of the season. And if we're looking at his performance in totality this year, it did not happen. It did not come to fruition. I need to see somebody step up in this position. I need to see someone push him in the summer. I need to see the growth that we wanted to see this year as soon as possible. Yeah. Now, I know they're mathematically eliminated, but I think these two weeks are so pivotal in Mitch Trubisky's career and his development as a Bears quarterback. If he can get a team to rally around him when nothing is on the line, when you can lose some guys' attention span, when you can lose some guys in the locker room, if he can get guys to galvanize and play hard for two weeks, win a ball game, win two ball games, whatever it may be, and show his personal development, reach another level in the next two weeks, I'll feel a lot better going into the summer. If not, I'm going to be worried that we're going to lean on this guy for another year and completely waste one of the most dominant defenses we've seen in Chicago in the better part of a decade, one of the best rosters we've seen in Chicago. It's all going to be a waste because your quarterback development was stunted. It did not happen at the pace that was necessary to fit this window. Because, you know, we've talked about the window for the last two, three years now and waiting on the window. Then you get Khalil Mack, window's open. Window's about to close, guys. Windows come and go quickly. This isn't the MLB. This is the NFL. Rosters happen. Salary caps happen. Team's going to look a lot different a year from now and two years from now. So it's time to win. And if you don't have the quarterback in your system to win, go get another one. That was that was very well said. There's not much. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously get more into the Mitch breakdowns because we're on a we're on a pitch count today, um, and he's got a big one, like you said, coming up next week against Mahomes. But not only that, the the next two where he's got a chance, like you said, to kind of rally a team around him when there's not much to play for. Um, but I'm with you. I, they they need to add someone this off season to push him. I still think he's going to win the job essentially because they're going to have to make a decision on him. But someone to push him and actually be a legitimate backup, not Chase Daniel, and get some depth in that receiver room because with Taylor Gabriel out, you look at the, the Bears you know, receiving numbers from Sunday. Allen Robinson had 14 targets. Anthony Miller had 15. After mm-hmm. that, the next closest receiver is Cordell Patterson with four targets. So th- he had two people to throw to for the most part all day. Uh, that needs to change. Yeah, it's... Um it's not where it needs to be, I guess no. would be my summation of Mitch Trubisky as a Chicago Bear. I feel and more comfortable today than I did a month ago, but I'm with you. It's not. See, I understand what you're saying there. Well, I mean, a month ago, in, I guess, well, let me finish and then I, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. A month I mean, ago or two months ago. All he's done is buy himself more slack. Exactly. That, About that a month ago, not, six might not be might what not I'm be trying the to best see. Thing. That's fair. Yeah. I, I just, in, in terms of strictly what I've seen from him on the field, I'm more mm-hmm. confident in him in him right now than I was, you know, six weeks ago when both of us said there's no chance he's even back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gotten better. He's made steady improvements, but like you said, there's there has to be a leap. We have to see the leap at point. It can't just be flashes anymore because we've seen the flashes. It can't be flashes. It has to be a legitimate leap that happens and sticks. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Um, right. We've talked enough bears. Let's uh, let's Good talk. talk a little. 
Let's talk a little NFL. Uh, that was we'll one do... of our least contested and yeah. like, after Bears losses. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a, a little bit more fiery uh, podcast at episode 136. I think that'll be we'll off do a little season. Bears, little mm-hmm. Bears off season full post mortem before we get ready for the playoffs. But um, let's take a look at some other matchups in the NFL this week with playoff implications. Bengals Dolphins. Bengals Dolphins can't miss it. Um, no, let's uh, let's take a look at. We're not going to run through all these games, but let's do a little whip around with uh, with playoff uh, playoff bound team. We got Saturday. Saturday football. We got Saturday football leading off the Saturday slate. The Texans and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers obviously eliminated. The Texans, uh, I believe, are in regardless of if they win or not. Um, so not much going on there except from a seeding standpoint. But a big one for the Texans and Texans fans if this team wants to have any sort of momentum going to the playoffs. Yeah, they've they've been the definition of, uh, I think I made this joke before, but what, what Coach Hogan used to say to us at baseball practice, they've been a Jekyll and Hyde type team. They're, they're one week, they look like you know they're, they're beating the Patriots at home, they're killing people, and then they're losing the Broncos 42-3 to uh, or whatever <laughs> it was. You're looking for consistency going into the playoffs. They have a tough test in Tampa, who is like you said, out, but I believe they're what three and six, and now they're seven and seven. Jameis yeah. looks like he's you know back next year, and he's earning himself a new contract. He's been really, really good. Um, so that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, a, a fantastic passing attack. Um, even without Godwin and Mike Evans, yeah. um, Jameis Winston has proven that uh, somehow he can get it done. If he can remove one interception per week, he's a top. Five quarterback. Yeah, and, and you know what they he's got? A future, he's the future of a franchise. Like he, he just needs to minimize mistakes, and the production is there. I think a lot of it is the the guy they got running the show over there now. Uh, they they yeah. got a great head coach in Bruce Arians, and not many better offensive minds or quarterback gurus uh, to to have being your mentor than him. So I think yeah. they got it right in Tampa. Uh, Bills and Pats both are in. That's the Saturday midday game. This uh, is for we'll, something though. It is for something. It is for seeding. Um, it is for the Patriots uh, still trying to work towards a bye. Um, and and the Bills, um, they're in as well, but still trying to figure out seeding in the wild card. So a mm-hmm. lot to play for there as well. Um, uh, should I, be a fun, I was going to say, yeah, this should be a fun one to watch because we've, in the last 15, whatever, however many years, we've mm-hmm. never really seen the Patriots tested or challenged in this division. And I'm not... It might not be a legitimate challenge, but this is the first time this late in the year that, that they're actually playing like an yeah. important game at home that actually and, matters in that division. And, and I think that the Bills are a lot better than they usually are, but they're mm-hmm. still not very good. It's just the Patriots aren't all that good this year. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm with you. Know, it's just it'll be interesting. It's interesting to me that to see them in this scenario because they are not. Yeah, this the Patriots. And it's crazy to it's crazy to say about an eleven three ball club, but usually after Thanksgiving, it's playoff time in Foxborough, and mm-hmm. we haven't seen that. Um, no. Even their win against Cincinnati last week didn't inspire a whole lot of um, confidence in this team as as a Super Bowl contender. But, they covered. Um, you know, they covered. Never, never doubt. Uh, never doubt the Eagle Empire. Uh, Rams and 49ers in the nightcap on Saturday. Another one where both teams are in, but big time implications. The Niners still trying to jump back to that one seed. They need a Seahawks loss at this point. They continue to jump from one seed to five seed because that NFC West is just so tough. Um, they fall against Atlanta, one that they might be kicking themselves about. In a That's month tough from one. Now. Uh, but uh, they got the Rams at home. I expect the 49ers to show up because they, they've been a bounce-back team when they have let one up this year. Yeah, I think they win this game fairly easily. I think all the momentum the Rams kind of had going was just zapped out of them in Dallas. Uh, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how they lost that game by as much as they did, but here we are. Uh, and then that, like you said, sets up next week. They need to beat Seattle, and that should be you know, 3.30 in Seattle. 
for the division. That should be as fun of a game as we've seen all year. Jags and Falcons doesn't matter. Ravens and Browns. Ravens can lock up a first round bye and the one seed with a win there. Browns. I mean, it's going to be. I think that's a fun watch, but not much to talk about there. Saints Anything and Lamar Titans. Jackson's in is fun. That's about it. Saints and Titans going to be a good one. Uh, the Titans have snuck up on everybody here. Titans now they lost to Houston last week at home, but if they win, I mean, if both teams win this week, they got them next week again. I think for the AFC Correct. South. Uh, no, South I, is locked up okay, because South they have is locked up. Okay, did not yeah. know that. Well, if yeah. Houston loses this week, yes. whatever. There's a chance it's for the AFC South. I'm hoping it's that way. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the South is locked up. What, sure they well, they're nine and five. If they Titan. were to, if the Titans win, yeah, I guess if six, they lose the Texans lose, they're they nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, right. come on, it's Matt. Um, Panthers and Colts. Uh, nothing to Doesn't be talked matter. about there. Really, doesn't matter. Bengals, Dolphins, Dolphins, the Joe Burrow Bowl. Steelers somehow still alive. Going to stick with Devlin Duck Hodges this week. Looked terrible with four picks in prime time against the Bills last week. Going up against the Jets. Uh, might be a little spot start on my fantasy team. The Jets defense and the championship. Ooh, that's not a bad but, one. Uh, oh, I'm in the championship personal. too. Congratulations. I'm, I'm, this I'm going up against pod, Congratulations. You brought it up first. I know I did. I, I always do. Um, Giants and Redskins don't matter. That, that, that one does have Bears implications next year. The winner of that likely is on the Bears schedule next year. So. Oh, big time. Big yeah. time. So, so stay locked to Giants, yeah. Redskins. That's a big uh, one. Lions and Broncos doesn't matter as well. Raiders and Chargers. I believe the Raiders are still mathematically in the wild card. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Intention, but since that Jets loss, they've really hit a downward spiral. Cowboys and Eagles in what will be the marquee matchup of the weekend for not only the division but for bragging rights within the division. Always a uh, always a oh, I don't want to say always a great watch because it, it seldomly is, but it's a, a rivalry, rivalry game. It's yeah. a great rivalry. Even when the football's not great, rivalry games are always fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Dallas locks up the division with a win, I think. Right. Yes, yes, Dallas would lock up the division with the win there. Um, the Eagles. I think Dallas would. St- I, don't quote me on. It. I think Dallas would still technically be alive with a loss, but I'm not positive. I think, but I think Dallas is only alive for the wild card with a loss. Gotcha. Um, oh, I think the okay. Eagles also take the division with the loss. So. Okay. Well, let's we'll, um, we'll tune into that one. Cardinals and Seahawks definitely have some seating implications for the Seahawks. Um, also, my uh, my. What's my long-term forecast of Kyler Murray? Well, Kyler's not going to win in Seattle this week. I mean, if he wins, if he wins the next two games, then he gets a six-win season. And I said he'd never have a six-win season. Here's a tease, Joe. Life. Here's a tease. We're going to save this because I have a, a buy or sell involved mm-hmm. with Kyler. So we'll talk Kyler in a few minutes. Perfect. Uh, and then you got Bears and Chiefs. Hopefully, it's a good one. I could see the Bears coming out to play. Uh, cold weather, Chicago. I mean, the Chiefs love it too. They played in the snow. You have to know that Aggie wants to. Wants There's a little something too. extra in it for him. him and Andy Reid. Yeah. Lo- it's not by any means a bad. It's a great relationship. They yeah. said they talk all the time, but you know that's always one with your your close friend across the sideline. That's one you want yeah. to get. Vikings and Packers on Monday night. Watch NBA basketball. That's all I got. Yeah, that one's going to make me too sad to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, should we jump into some locks here? We got we got locks. I love it. Yeah, let's go. You, you uh, got your Matt- set. What do you want? I you won moved, last week. You moved to eight and eight. I dropped to seven and nine. I wanted to go with the Bills. Would have cashed. I I faded myself. Went with the Rams against the Cowboys. They were a mm-hmm. no show. Um, you took who again to get? The I had the eight? Patriots. You had the Patriots. They started out easily. slow for me. I thought they I was did. a little worried there at first, and then it they wasn't. did. Uh, this week, I'm again uh, testing the waters. 
can't trust Houston, but I'm trusting Houston covering three on the road. They need it. They need momentum. I trust this offense and the defense come to play. We shall see. I like the Houston Texans covering three against the Buccaneers. Just got to slow down Jameis. I'm going to go back to uh, our old faithful um, mantra here, and that's trust the good teams. Mm -hmm. Um, The Baltimore Ravens are a very good football team. The Cleveland Browns are a bad football team. They're a dumpster fire. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens minus 10 at Cleveland. It's a little bit of a revenge game for them, too, because Baker and the Browns won over there earlier this year, kind of before Baltimore got rolling. Uh, I I think Baltimore has some vengeance in this one. They're still playing for that one seed, which they can lock up, I believe, like you said. Give me the Ravens laying the 10, the the good team over the bad team, Joe. We're playing for two Um, boxes of titles still. Is Is that the thing? Um, I don't know if we set that, but now that you have a one-game lead, I totally understand that. Um, we can that, play that, for something else. Do you want to? Do you want to play for a Snickers no, bar? No, no, no. You want to no, play for a box of Oreos? Of, let's play for two boxes of our ball of uh, desired choice because I'm there a tailor-made guy now. Oh, that's right. You I'm a TP5, yeah. TP5X guy. Um, By the way, I, I found the other day. Uh, I still have one of Joe's balls. Beautiful. Thought I lost Beautiful. all of them. I have one. Of them. I'm glad that I'm glad that my the fortitude of my balls lives on. Yeah, if that's um, an, if that's a joke, you guys don't get just f- figure it out. Go back to there's, there's <laughs> episode 100. Or go something about a year like ago or so. And yeah, there's, there's probably, probably an explanation back, yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Left a lot of so those. Oh, we're sprints. playing playing for the box or two boxes of tidies. Uh, what is the cutoff? Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. And we'll talk about um, once bowl season kicks up, like actual bowl games. We'll figure those in. Yeah, too. we got the Bahamas we get a, coming up. That's yeah, once game. we get a once we get a shorter slate. Um, that leads me perfectly into buy or sell, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with the first one here because couldn't be a easier mm. easier transition. But Matt, buy or sell a bolstered bowl season. We got 41 I mean. bowls coming our way starting on Friday. Um, you got the Bahamas smoothie bowl. You it's got actually the, not. Yeah, it's not, Baha- it's I not know. Popeyes anymore. I miss. I miss when it was the Popeyes Bahamas bowl. It's I know you're buying this. Bahamas. Of course, I'm buying it. And I think there should be a word limit on the name at least. That's Have fair. all the bowls get, you I'll, want, but there needs to be a word limit. I, I say let's keep it to a five words limit because you can't. Seriously. You can't lose all the words because that's still what makes some of these bowls so special. But like sometimes they have 17 sponsors and it gets a little long. It's I'm going to buy it. Be, I know there's games you don't want to watch, Joe, but you don't have to watch. If you don't want to tune in at one o'clock on Friday afternoon to watch t- tomorrow to watch Buffalo and Charlotte, don't. I'm going yes. to, and I'm going to love every second of it because as anybody who knows me knows, not only do I love football, I'm a sucker for bad football. I think it's fun to watch. I love watching it, and I'm going to cherish these moments, Joe. Because two months from now, a month from now, when these games aren't on at Friday at one o'clock, you're going to be wishing you had some football to watch. Yeah, but I like good football and I like players, and if I don't know a name. The team, I have, a, I have a hard time watching some of these matchups. I, I understand what you're saying. Back Tell me you don't know Kyle, Kyle Van Treese, the Buffalo quarterback? He's having a great year. I have not watched a lot of tape on him this season. Uh, well, so, you know, unfortunately. He, it's a name you're going to be hearing a lot. Not really. All right. All right. The Chick-fil-A <laughs> waffle fry bowl. Hey, should, yeah, that's the peach bowl. Be, Wait, it should maybe. be a – I know. It should be a company – you should be able to name it a company or a product. You shouldn't be able to name it a company and a product. That's, should we, that's my new bowl rule. Do you think we? How much do you think it costs to sponsor a bowl game? That's what we had the same conversation the other day. If I hit the Powerball, there is going to be the Joe Musso. I don't know. We'll think of a name, but my name will be in the bowl. Oh, I'm going to um, buy. I'm going to be. I would buy the Bahamas bowl. The Moose and Runes Bahamas, Bahamas Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, because you want to go somewhere cool, too. Yeah, the, the Moose, Moose and Runes Bahamas Bowl. The Moose Bowl. and Runes Bahamas Bowl presented by Moose and Runes. Yeah, or Moose the Bahamas Bowl. Pre- yeah. What do you like? 
Bahamas Bowl presented by no, no, no. We're first. We want to bookend it. We want to bookend it. The Moose yeah. and Runes. The Moose and Runes Bahamas Bowl presented by the Moose and Runes podcast. I like That's that. the full That's, name. Uh, it, they don't have the five word limit yet, so we're good. We're grandfathered in. That's the dream right there. Because we came up with the rule. All right, That's man. Fair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to football here. Both mine are football, actually, because we are. Okay. We love football. Buy, I'm going to ask you to buy one or sell one. Kyler Murray just beat uh, his predecessor at Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, uh, mm-hmm. pretty convincingly at home. I know you're not a Kyler guy, and going into this season, this question was probably blasphemy, given what, what people thought about Baker. But I'm going to you to buy one or sell one. Buy Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield going forward throughout the rest of their careers and sell one. Man, that's tough because I've been uh, I've been hard on both of these guys. I've been harder on Kyler than I have on Baker, but I'm going to buy Kyler just because of the descent we've seen around the Browns and Baker's um, sheer lack of uh, understanding that he's the one who needs to temper that. If Freddie mm-hmm. Kitchens isn't going to do the job as a coach, you need to take this thing. Well, I'm saying this yeah. season. If you, you need to take this thing by the horns and be the leader that this team needs. He has not done that. He's only made problems bigger. He's only made problems worse at the podium. I don't see that changing. Um, Kyler, on the other hand, has had zero drama around him this year. No, I, don't, I haven't heard him. He's talk made one time. He's made some bad decisions on field. He's he's had growing pains. There are there are things that he's tried to bring to the league that aren't going to work, that aren't sustainable, mm-hmm. and that he's seen. You know that little sidearm flick is nice to watch, but you know he's he's sailed a couple. He's dipped a couple. Um, he's he's going to have to still take things out of his game and mature, but. That's much easier to do than take things out of your personality and mature. So that's why I'm I'm buying on Kyler and not Baker. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you because, like you said, Kyler's got things that you can you know fix and you can work on. They're tangible, um, mm-hmm. you know, issues. Baker's are intangible issues. Also, combined with the fact that he's not really all that athletic in the pocket, he, his arm isn't fantastic, and he makes some bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I'm going to hit you with a buy or sell here, keeping it football as well. Mm-hmm. We're taking it to Cleveland where a pair of star wide receivers over the past two weeks have both reportedly been telling people to come and get me. Uh, then yesterday, Odell Beckham Jr. comes out and says he's going to be a Brown in 2020. So, Matt, I'm going to put it this way. Buy or sell, both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are Cleveland Browns come week one of 2020. I'm going to sell it. I think one of them has gone um, because not only are – you have two – Wide receivers are divas sometimes, Joe. I'm just going to say it to you. Hey, uh, I'm, I said sometimes, and you know you'd be <laughs> judging by your tone. I know you agree with me. Devo, um, thank you. You can't have the you, can, you can't have two of them in the locker room. And while Jarvis hasn't been necessarily as outspoken about it, you can tell he's not necessarily happy with all the lack of touches. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so you kind of have to make your choice there on one of them, and also. They need help elsewhere, and I think you're going to see a rare, you know, attempted player for player type swap because their offensive line is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has some holes as well. So I think what you're going to see is it might not be a sexy move, but you try and trade Jarvis Landry for a guy who can help you on the interior of your offensive line because I think that's going to help the rest of your team because they, they desperately need that. You don't need yeah. necessarily all the weapons in the world, if you, especially if you have Odell. I mean, you don't need two of them. Uh, Little name drop here. Watch the full slate on Sunday with Scott Pioli. Uh, oh, he's one nice. of our analysts. 
here at CBS Sports HQ and uh, former three-time executive mm-hmm. of the year with the Patriots, three-time Super Bowl champion, then went to the Falcons, um, now doing some analyst work. Great guy. And we sat there and we were talking about it because it was when all the uh, Jarvis stuff was coming out. And mm-hmm. you know, I told him, admittedly, I'm a wide receiver, but y- you build a football team from the inside yeah. out. And he echoed that sentiment. He said, you know, Patriots were always looking to shutter big pieces, big names, and maximize. They do it in the draft with picks. They do it in trades. They're always trying to get more pieces that they could coach up, guys that are malleable, guys that can do multiple things rather than a star on the outside. That was never what they were going to do. And that was, you know, you know, the Atlanta ethos that he maybe didn't see eye to eye with was, you know, for as good as Julio is and as good as, um, you know, that roster is, they were always trying to build it from the outside in because you have such a star out there and it's just not sustainable. If you don't have a solid foundation, Joe, in just about anything in life, whether that's football, whether that's, you know, a family, whatever, if you don't have that strong foundation, things on the outside are going to crumble no matter how nice they look. Wow. That was my well, philosophy that's, that's lesson. A, that's a type of clairvoyant thought that I'd like to end the podcast Ooh, on. Clairvoyant. One more What's, that word? What's that word mean? Clairvoyant is Joe's like... word um, of the day. It's... Clairvoyant is a clearly thought out and a very deep would be deep. Mm-hmm. It has, I am a deep it has depth. It has depth. Of depth thought. It, it's a, it's a clear thought that illuminates something that we might not been aware of. It, it's, it's punctuated very nicely. I like that. Thank you. Um, Clairvoyance. So uh, then I, I'm actually going to, that was going to be my, my buy or sell was it was an Odell question, but I, I'm adaptable. And I said, we're a football podcast. But after, Stole after, it. After, you're going to like this one, though, Joe. After football, what do we call ourselves? We call ourselves a golf and a tiger podcast, do we not? Of course we are. There was yeah. some pretty big tiger stuff happening. Uh, President's <laughs> Cup, baby. We won the President's Cup, and not only did the U.S. come back and win that President's Cup, Tiger was uh, Tiger was dominant, and I believe it was three and zero in matches. He was he the best player in. in the. He was the best he player was. in. Maybe Abraham Answer was the other best player in that. Um, in that. Did you see? Did you see his quote? Like Abe wanted it. Wipes the floor with him. Abe wanted yeah, it, and I gave it to him, it. or whatever. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, that said. Uh, I, I, the President's Cup was awesome. It was a lot of fun. You and I were talking back and forth. Yeah, can't, that's can't what remember. Can't remember a time that I've been interested in the President's Cup like that, probably because of Tiger's heavy involvement. But I'm going to try and now forecast yep. uh, this upcoming season. Tiger, obviously dominant in the President's Cup, uh, played really well at the Hero World Challenge, fell up, came, came up short, but was right up there at the top of the leaderboard. I'm going to ask you, are we buying or selling Augusta for Tiger? I, I can open it up to a major. We're, we're, Tiger's adding another major. I think, like we've talked about, Augusta's I the buy one the for fact- him. I buy the fact that he wins a major. I don't know if it's the Masters, just because I always doubt the ability to go back-to-back. If anyone can do it, it's him. Tiger, um, that might be his best chance, but I don't rule out his chances at the other majors. I'm blanking right now on – I know PGA is at – at whatchamacallit, at TPC Harding Park. Um, Where's the U.S. Open this year? I want to say Wingfoot. Wingfoot sounds right. 2020 is at Wingfoot, yeah. Uh, Okay, and British moves back to where? That's a great question. 2020. Turnberry? British Open. Thank God for Google, folks. Good pod. It's great Good pod. radio. Great radio. Uh, Royal St. George. Royal St. George. Yeah. I know nothing about Royal St. George. Neither do I. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I almost played. Augusta we, know, Augusta, we know, is a fit for Tiger. Mm-hmm. Tiger now has a mental edge on players once again. I think that's what is different this year about than last year. Last year, players were realizing, oh, we're playing against 
the guy again. Mm -hmm. He's got it again. Whether it's his physical side is there, the mental side is there, and he has that edge on us. Tony Finau told a great story a couple weeks ago that I just saw somewhere on social media. Your boy, they, Tony. Were asked, they were asking him, you know, what's your favorite like untold Tiger story? And he goes, well, it happened at the Masters last year, and we get to the tee, and he goes, I had the pleasure of playing in the final round with him. You know, we both had a shot at a green jacket. What more can you ask for? And, you know, we shake hands, don't really say much of anything at the first tee, and he goes, Tiger's just locked in the zone and didn't say anything. And then there was a little backup around seven. And he said, yes, Tiger. He goes, he goes, I'm standing right next to him. I, I, I got to say something to the guy because, you know, we're friends mm -hmm. otherwise. And he goes, how's the, how's the family been, Tiger? And Tiger just slowly turns, stares him in the eyes, says, good, and doesn't say another word to him until the 18th green shaking hands. Like God, he's, back, he's back in his mental space where like, He's Tiger Woods again. So if mm -hmm. the body holds up, I like him to contend at Augusta. I like him to win a major. I like him to add a couple wins to to the record as well this season. Yeah, you know, hopefully we, he does. Because, we saw because, we saw that body, like you said, kind of crumble down the stretch. There, he seems to be taking advantage yeah. of all the rest that he had up in the offseason. He looks good now. I, it, I never. Go ahead to be a swing swing analyst but a lot of people that are uh, really seem to love his move right now too that it's that it's efficient that it's not really asking a ton from his body it looked effortless outside of what he can do yeah it, it's pretty it's pretty smooth right now his iron play this ball striker in in golf right now which is scary to think a guy who's been through what he's been physically mentally and otherwise um, to be in the position that he is right now I'm excited for the season well I am too and like I said we're a football pod we're a tiger pod we covered both of those bases we're starting to get a little break up here so I think it's a good time to, to say goodbye to the people yeah I apologize okay. if there hey, were any uh, we if there were any this week. connectivity that's, that's issues we're about 10 minutes away from having Wi-Fi hooked up here at the uh, at the apartment. So bear with us until episode 135. But that send, was episode Send Joe some well wishes, people. Send Joe gift cards for um, things because moving's expensive. Uh, that's going to do it for the Moose and Rings podcast, episode 134 of the pod. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the Chicago Bears. That mm. works. That works. Put that on T-shirts right now. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, that'll be our second t-shirt. Thoughts and prayers from the Chicago Bears. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. Talk to you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. Ah!